Hello, hello. You're listening to a Team Worth Having podcast, a podcast dedicated to pushing the standard of what it means to build a great team and be a great manager. How would you define the word manager? Because I've asked a lot of people what they think it means and I get a different answer pretty much every time. I think there's room for a unified agreed upon definition that we can all use and and have as a benchmark. I found in Australia, we have a very different idea of management uh, in, than other countries that I've worked in overall. And, you know, it's interesting because I think in Australia, we tend to put whoever is the best at a job as a manager and being good at a job is, is a very different skill to being good at getting others to be good at a job. And that tends to be forgotten. Um, in fact, I would say out of, you know, the hundreds of people that I've worked with, oh, 80% of them haven't had official management training. I found a stat that said 58% of Australian managers haven't had training, but I would claim that it's a little bit higher than that. I'm looking at some stats here and I can see that Forbes reported in, I'm just going to open it up. There's a article called 10 shocking workplace stats. It says here only 12% of employees actually leave an organization for more money. In the same report, it says that 70 to 90% of people leave due to their direct senior, which I find fascinating. It also says 91% of the surveyed employees think that their leaders lack communication skills. So I think it's quite easy to say that, you know, in Australia, we could do with a standard benchmark of what management means. And so I thought I'd give you my thoughts and experience on this. I'm going to start by saying that a manager is many things, and that's what makes this role so hard. Uh, What people don't realize is as a manager, you're the servant of the founder. Um, and what the founder wants and then also the staff so you're kind of stuck between these two entities that need and want and demand things from you constantly when you really break down what a manager is responsible for it's hard to imagine that a lot of people would want a role like that you know a manager is there to ensure the team is happy and engaged they plan they organize they prepare they troubleshoot they correct and they have to do it all with the right attitude without projecting their own emotions on everything But if I could summarize in one comment what a manager is, a manager is someone who gets others to do the work. In a nutshell, that's what management is. I mean, if you have someone who is doing things that are not getting others to do the work, then they're actually not managing. So your ability and skill as a manager has to be able to get others to do things. And that's why it's so hard because we're not dealing with objects here, we're dealing with humans. This may seem very elementary, but if you lose focus of this as a definition, you start to get into other things. You know, you get into making sure staff are happy, which is very true and very important, but it's secondary to getting them to do the work. And, you know, sometimes the demands that we face as a manager get put in front of making sure that others do the work. And so it's just really good to realign that your job as a manager is to get others to do the work. And any skill you have that gets you to be good at that is a management skill. One of the first things that I like to correct in managers, we do a management training course. And one of the first things that we talk about is company first, individual second. The day that a business owner or manager works too hard for or bows down to or tries to please the individual and neglect to make decisions for the greater good of the company long term marks the point of decline for that business. This can be a really hard pill to swallow. The company is composed of individuals, yes, but decisions for individuals tend to be at the detriment of the company. 
pay must only be looked at in relation to the greater good for all. Without a company, there's nothing to manage. There's no income, there's no job. As managers, we like to be liked and we want our staff to be happy. But this can also mean that we give allowance and permit to things that occur that do not benefit the group as a whole. Company first, individual second. Funnily enough, thinking in this way will benefit the individual anyway. But that's not always seen and it's not always popular. We tend to go with what the group is demanding of us or what staff are asking for or we just, have, we just can't lose sight as managers that we're here for the company, we're here for the greater good of the company for the longest period of time. And often decisions towards that end are not popular and they're not welcomed. And if we can't be good at making those decisions, then we're not being a good manager. The next key thing I wanna discuss is this statement that I have in bold capital letters. Uh, it's one of the first things I go over with the attendees of my course. And I'm going to read it out to you. And it says, know that any fault you voice about your team is actually an expression of your weakness as a manager. Know that any fault you voice about your team is actually an expression of your weakness as a manager. So I often get asked for advice from managers about what to do with their staff. And, you know, my staff are doing this and they, they screwed that up and they fucked that up. And this was really annoying and blah, blah, blah. But you have to realize everything that you tell me about your staff being not good at something and good at something, so it goes both ways, is actually you're just telling me where you're strong and where you're weak as a manager. An example is a client of mine has a staff member who's not very good at admin. So they miss things. They're not very detailed focused, but they're very good at other parts of their job. And this manager was telling me about this staff member and how terrible it is. And, you know, they're kind of really complaining, actually. And I listened and I'm just noting down that basically them telling me their staff is bad at admin is telling me that they're bad at training their staff on admin. That's actually what they're saying to me. So as a manager, we have to be able to put a mirror up to ourselves and go, every time I complain, <laughs> this is a creation of my direct action or an omitted action, something I didn't do. And if you can really look at your staff and your team that way, you will get somewhere. The second you start blaming staff, making it them, you know, pushing it back on them or being like, my staff are terrible at blah, well, that's either through an allowance that you've created or an action you haven't done. So I'm going to give you now a little bit more of like a detailed day-to-day idea of what I think a manager should be doing. So as I said, a manager is one who is in charge of an area. They make sure it produces what it needs to produce. So for example, if you have a team of 10 and they should be making you a million dollars per year, if they're making you 800 grand per year, that's a 200 grand loss per year. It's a manager's job to make sure that the team is at production capacity. A manager gets their staff to do the jobs, they define the roles, they train their team, and they mentor and push their team to wear their hats. They do not wear the hat of their staff. So if any hat gets put onto you from your staff member, That's just showing me that you're not good at handing over hats. So you have to be good at defining a role, training it out and passing it over. And there's a bit of a mantra that goes with this. It's like, get in there, figure it out, define it, write it up, hand it over, get out. So a manager does not wear the hat of their staff. They get their staff to wear the hat. They're also there to support their staff with whatever they need to wear that hat. And I guess there's like a side comment here, you know, I've worked with a lot of managers and they often, most managers, me included actually, get frustrated when they have to constantly push their team to do their job. Like they have to constantly 
remind them and keep on them and you know they're in the viewpoints kind of like well I'm paying them why do I have to chase them all the time or why do I have to get them to do their job I just hate to say but this is actually the reality of management there are some staff that you don't have to push as much as others but it's helpful to remember that the constant pushing being on top of and being around and present is actually your job as a manager you know a manager takes what the founder wants and implements it a manager organizes streamlines and make things more efficient A manager is whatever they need to be actually to ensure that the area beneath them runs well, is organized, produces what it needs to produce, and does this in a way where the staff feel valued, engaged, and interested in the future of the business. A manager is the one who gets the staff to wear their hats and do their jobs. So as a few points on how a manager thinks, I've made a list here. This is how a manager thinks. Respect first, liking second. So a lot of managers, well, a lot of human beings, especially Aussies, I find our culture, like we don't like to be the bearer of bad news. We want people to like us. We care what people think about us. But respect really has to come before being liked as manager, because as I said before, there's if you can't deliver bad news, if you can't push someone um, to do something that they, you know, that they don't want to do and, you know, you can't work past that and say the uncomfortable things and and, and if you can't sit in their discomfort, because there's going to be a lot of conversations that we have as managers that makes us uncomfortable and makes the staff member uncomfortable. If you shy away from all of that, you're going to be focused on being liked first. And it's kind of like the best way that I wrap my head around this is when you think about high school and what kind of teacher you loved the most, it was most likely the teacher that was firm but fair, showed you affinity and warmth, but pulled you up on things and, you know, smacked you, so to speak, when you were out of line, but did it in a way that wasn't absolutely awful. So the teacher that let you get away with everything and and come to class late and didn't care, we don't respect those teachers. We respect the ones that were warm but fair and, you know, put us in line essentially. So respect first, liking second. The manager also thinks, what is the financial impact and return of this? They think that the fish rots from the head. They think, what could I have done or not done that would have changed this? They think, which policy can I use to fix this? Have I observed this to be true or am I just being told? If it isn't defined, it can't be achieved. How can I organize this area better? Have I made my expectations clear? How can I serve my team better? If I'm wearing my junior's hat, I'm not doing my job. I am never too good for anything. If I wouldn't do it myself, I will not ask it of my staff. I will not promise something if I cannot deliver it. I will never answer a question covered in policy. My staff successes are a reflection of my competence. How can I show more appreciation of works well done? So here's a simple list of the way that a manager thinks. Now, um, there's also a further element to this. A manager must emanate certain things in how they are being and and when they walk into a room, how do staff think about them and feel about them? Are the staff glad when you leave or are they glad when you return? So I feel a manager must emanate this must do and can't get away with feeling. It's like if, if you walk in the room and someone's on Facebook when they shouldn't be, let's just say, if they don't instantly get off Facebook when you walk in the room, that's a problem. So there has to be a presence about you that, you know, I must be doing something or I can't get away with this feeling. And I find that that's very useful because as a manager, you have to get staff to do their jobs, right? If you've got to get staff to do their jobs, you have to have a feeling of endurance and consequence, essentially. The key, though, is to do that in a way where you're not a complete asshole. And that is the challenge of management is how do you emanate that without being, you know, an asshole? So 
Another thing that a manager must emanate is calmness. If you don't have a real calmness about you where, you know, when fires are occurring and there's problems and this and that, if you get caught up in that confusion and you spread that around, uh, you can create basically an unstable area. The other thing is, you know, certainty comes with this. You have to emanate, you know, a certainty of direction and what's going to happen next. There has to be warmth that comes from you. If your staff feel they can't talk to you, that's a direct representation of how you emanate uh, your attitude and your viewpoint on them and what you say and how you say it. So you have to have an element of warmth and approachability. And the other thing is you have to have a feeling of endurance. You know, you won't really get far as a manager if you say to someone to do something and then you forget about it a week later or you don't ensure that gets done. So there's a feeling of endurance there. Now, in terms of day-to-day doing and what a manager actually does, I've listed some things to help give you an idea. So a manager ensures the strategic plans are broken down week by week so that real achievement can occur. So any strategic vision that the company has, the manager needs to break that down. They need to make sure that the founder's vision is fully realized by themselves and their team. If the founder hasn't done that, that's the founder's fault. And I might make an episode about what a founder actually does. But the vision and direction of the company must come from the founder, but be communicated and emanated by the manager. They give clear, direct orders to their staff. They enforce the orders by reminding, following up and reprimanding where needed. They keep up to date with company policies and processes. They enforce the policy and processes. They do not get involved in the staff member's job unless it is dangerous not to. So there are times where you can jump in and wear a staff member's hat, but that's only when you're in firefighting mode. Otherwise, you don't get involved and instead you mentor and you push the staff member to solve their own problems. You're ever organizing the team to create better efficiencies and to reduce any unnecessary or double work. You inspect This is really important. A lot of managers don't inspect. They just take what staff say. And it's not to say that staff lie necessarily, but they just have different viewpoints on things. You know, we all have a different idea of what a clean kitchen means, for example. So uh, a manager must inspect consistently so that they can observe what's going on and correct as needed. They do not wait to correct when they see something. They correct it right there and then. They don't let it slide. They don't correct you know, the t- or have any tough conversations in front of other staff. If you have something to say that's going to embarrass someone, you do not say it in front of other staff. You do it one-on-one. You refer back to any JDs that they have as the main method of correction. So if they're not doing something, you go back to the JD and you say, hey, just remember this. You keep it light. You keep it calm. You keep it factual. You keep the team coordinated and accountable by holding valuable meetings where the right person meets at the right time with the same agenda. You set everything up so that if something goes wrong, you know it's not company or management's inaction, but it's actually the staff member's non-execution. So your goal as a manager is to be so organized, so streamlined, so productive that you know if something goes wrong, it's not you. Now, most of the time, unfortunately, it is the manager or it is the company by not doing something, not having a process in place, hiring the wrong person, on and on and on. So you want to get to the point where you know it's not you. You should never answer a question of a staff member that has already been answered in policy. So if there's a process on how to raise a purchase order, for example, and someone asks you, hey, how do I raise a a purchase order? You don't actually answer the question. The second you answer that, the policy becomes irrelevant and guess what you become? You become a directory. So in the ideal world, you define key policies and when staff ask you a question, you refer them back to the policy. This is how you create consistency and you know, also it prevents laziness, to be honest, because a lot of staff can just check themselves. So you've really got to push back on them and make sure that they're checking themselves. 
You report on any progress and any financial information relevant to your role. You lead by example to the team. You ensure policy is constantly referred back to and retrained out. You propose any policy additions or edits or removals based on what you're seeing day to day. You go through upsets and disagreements with staff and you resolve them. You don't avoid them. So you address them head on and you you resolve them by going through them. And you ask and you listen to your team's viewpoints and ideas. So really a manager is there to create staff who wear their hats and do their jobs, any strategic vision of the company achieved, a team that consistently achieves their set expectations, their targets and their KPIs, any compliance with company policy, compliance with the orders you give. You should create uh, customers and clients that are so happy they rave about you, a founder that is very proud of you, a team that respects and follows you, and a team that is engaged with the future of the business. So that would be my summary of what a manager does, what a manager is there for, and what type of uh, attitude a manager must emanate to succeed in this role. I'll be releasing some other episodes of management tools and things that can actually help you do those things. It's very nice to sit and hear everything I've just had to say, but it's another thing to really know how to do it really well. I've accumulated and uh, compiled a series of management tools, actually. There are about 40 of them in my manager toolkit that give you basically an arsenal of how to handle every situation that gets thrown at you as managers. So I will be uh, revealing some of those lessons throughout this podcast, but it is important before you even, you know, begin to build your tool or your arsenal of, of tools that you understand what a manager is. And I, I hope this episode helped you gain a new perspective of what a manager actually is and, and reset your focus on the things that truly matter in management. <laughs>